Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode here on the Southridge Church Podcast. Here at Southridge Church, we are passionate about leading you to take your next steps in your faith journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. On Wednesdays, we go live with our Extra Point podcast as we dive deeper into the message you are listening to today. Also, you can follow us on social media by searching at SRCWV. Thank you once again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome to uh, Southridge Church. My name's Ryan Smith. Um, You've probably seen me around. I've been going here for quite a while. Um, Usually I'm wearing shorts and Crocs, so not usually jeans. Um, But uh, I uh, currently go to West Virginia University, majoring in mechanical engineering. And uh, I'm also a part of a campus ministry called Chi Alpha, which I'm a small group leader in. A lot of people think it's a frat, but it's not. Um, It just has a Greek name uh, for funding. Um, But this past summer, I was the youth intern with our youth pastor, Anna Blake. Um, And uh, that's why I'm preaching today, because I I was the intern this past summer, and I'm going to be teaching about something that uh, the youth youth ministry will teach you very quickly. and, uh, but first I want to say that never underestimate um, someone uh, who is following Jesus just because they are in high school or even middle school or even in elementary school because sometimes youth will ask you questions that um, are weird and crazy and will probably challenge the most holy person you know. Um, so, but... Uh, in, in our youth teachings on Sundays, we usually like to have a little uh, demonstration. So um, we have Wiley Monet um, coming up to the stage. Um, <laughs> you can probably see that uh, she's dressed like a hot dog. Um, I promise this will make sense. And uh, I have a little gift for Wiley, and if you're wondering what this is, you may have, you may be, have already guessed, but it is a hot dog. So now you, you can say, if this has happened to you before, um, we should talk after this, but now you can say that you've seen a hot dog eating a hot dog at church. Um, so <laughs> it is, this is wild. Um, it wouldn't be Youth Sunday if there wasn't craziness, but uh, um, I promise this does make, it will make sense um, here in just a moment. Um, So thank you, Wiley, for (laughs) being a hot dog today. Um, (laughs) That's wild. Anyway, um, so I have a, my first question is, uh, have you ever encountered encountered something that doesn't make any sense? Obviously, you now all can say that you have because you just saw a hot dog eat a hot dog. Um, I mean, I've encountered a lot of things that don't make sense. Maybe for some of you, it was like, you know, in school, um, math, science, that's really big for me right now. 
I'm in a physics class about electricity, and it doesn't make any sense at all. I'm not really sure how I'm going to get through that one. Um, but maybe it was you saw something that doesn't make sense, and it was like um, the kindness of someone else, or maybe the humbleness of someone else, or just their overall attitude toward anything. It didn't make any sense at all. Um, and that's sort of what I want to talk about today is... Um, I'm sure that you've encountered this before, someone who has a peace in their life that seems to make no sense at all. Like someone that, like no matter what happens in their life, no matter what like struggles come their way, they seem to somehow still have peace in their life. Um, and so this is where the hot dog com- comes back into play because um, the reason that I had um, a hot dog, eat a hot dog on stage is because I don't want, I want to emphasize the peace that I'm talking about and how little sense it makes. I'm not talking about like something that just makes you think for just a second and then you move on, or something funny that you see, it makes you think and then you move on. I'm not even talking about a life hack that you see on TikTok that you might think changes your life, but then like a week later you've forgotten all about it. Um, I'm talking about a piece that truly makes no sense. Like, you see someone and you're like, I have no clue how that person can even have any peace at all in their life. Like, it it makes no sense. It makes as little sense as a hot dog eating a hot dog at church. That's the reason that I had that happen. And I just want to make sure that you don't get caught up in how funny that was. Um, I want to just emphasize how crazy the pieces that I'm talking about. And so um, I have another question, and it's, have you ever encountered someone in your life that, that has had this piece around you? Um, I'm sure many of you have. Um, I've seen this piece around me in many people in my life. Um, someone that I want to point out directly is uh, Paul Blake. He, um, he's one of the biggest reasons that my faith has grown. Um, as much as it has, because um, if you knew me before, like, high school, I didn't talk to anyone at all. I was very shy, which is crazy, because now I'm uh, talking on stage. But anyway, um, when, when Paul and Anna came, and Anna became our youth pastor, Paul immediately, um, with, I don't even know if he knew it or not, but he was, like, discipling me in a way because... He always seemed to be happy and excited, and he always seemed to be peaceful. And even sometimes when he got a little bit too competitive, um, he, it, like, it went away and he, like, he said what he did wrong and apologized, and that peace was right back in his life. And that's one of the biggest things that has grown my faith because I was like, if that's what following Jesus is like, then obviously I'm going to try to do that. Because he seemed to never be sad or depressed, or have anxiety um, on the outside, Um, and that really just grew my faith in a way that I can't explain at all, because it was a piece that makes no sense. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, So when we look into the Bible, there's a lot of examples of people that have a piece that makes no sense, and um, someone I want to talk about, funnily enough, is Paul from the New Testament. Um, not the Paul I just talked about, different Paul, um, but I want to go to a story that I'm sure many of you have heard from Acts chapter 16. Um, it's about 
Paul and Silas and something that they went through um, when they were traveling around and telling people about Jesus. Um, to give a little context, so Paul and Silas, were, they, they were traveling, they were coming through a place called uh, Philippi where they were preaching the word and telling people about Jesus and some other people that did not like this got word of that and they were not excited about it. So they had Paul and Silas captured um, and then they brought them in front of uh, the magistrates and like kind of the rulers of that time. Um, and that's where we're going to pick up in verse 20. It says, the whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. And then it says, it, it goes straight from that to, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. So, we're going to stop there for a second because I want to just explain a little bit what just happened to Paul and Silas. So, they were captured, they were put in front of um, a group of, of judges to like, determine their punishment for preaching about Jesus to people, and they had decided that they would be stripped of, of their things and their clothes, and then they would be beaten and from, the, from what, I, what research I've done, they pretty much just got beaten with basically baseball bats until the people deemed it like necessary. So they were just beaten until the judge's heart's content. And then, then they were thrown into prison, and they were, it was said that they were supposed to be watched carefully, so they were thrown into the, to the inner cell where they would be watched um, over by a guard at all times, um, and then they were their feet were put into stocks. And if you so, if you don't know what uh, stocks are, it's kind of like uh, like a big wooden thing that goes around. It went around their ankles, and so they really couldn't move. Um, at like the only way they would have to move is kind of like I don't know, like a walrus or something, like using their hands to crawl along, which it does not sound fun at all, because for one, they just got beat up, and now their feet are in stocks, they can barely move, um, I, it doesn't say if they'd gotten food or anything like that, and so they're just in this situation that they really should not have any peace at all. They, like if I was them, then I would just be complaining and whining, because of, I would probably be hurting, and I couldn't move, so that's just another whole group of issues that starts to happen. And um, yeah, that, I, I wouldn't, that would be crazy. Like, but what we're going to see next in verse 25 is that they were doing something that did not make any sense at all. Um, and so it says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. So... After all that, after they've been beaten, stripped of their clothes, thrown into prison, they can't move, they've been there for hours on end, it's midnight, but Paul and Silas are praying and they're worshiping God. I, I don't really know how they came to that, but they did because they had the peace of God. After all they'd been through, they'd been beaten and imprisoned, 
they still had the peace of God and were worshiping God. So I, I was researching and reading and praying about this, and I've come to the conclusion of, of two points that I think that you, you could follow uh, to try to maybe get to this peace that makes no sense in your own life. Um, and so that first point is going to be um, prayer. Um, so, you know, if you make your struggles known to God, He will answer them. Like, he, he will solve them if you make them known to Him. Now, I will say, it may not be when you want or how you want or, or anything like that. It's not going to be in your will. It's going to be in God's will. So don't, don't get confused on praying to God about your struggles and thinking that, you know, like, can you solve it in this way? And please do this, this, and this. That's not how it works. Um, he's going to solve it the way that, that, that he sees fit because that is the best way. Um, and so I have a little story that is very recent that I just added into this like the other day because my own struggle was taken care of um, that, it, by God. Um, so at the beginning of the summer, I was told that I would have to preach on Youth Sunday. And at that time, I had decided that that would be a problem for future Ryan. Um, and so I didn't really think about it much, but then as it approached, I began to get a little bit anxious and worried, um, but I couldn't figure out why, because I wasn't really worried about what I was going to talk about, or like how many people would be here, or who would be here, um, but I really was more anxious about the fact that I didn't feel like I was good enough to, to teach people about the Lord. I didn't feel like I was good enough to do, to do it. Like, I, I was anxious because I didn't think I was enough. And so I was praying, I'd been praying for a couple weeks, a lot, um, for an answer to these struggles that I'd been having, and um, I, it did not, I did not get an answer um, in any way that I thought, and then when I started thinking about it, it, it gets even crazier and crazier. So um, I'm a resident assistant at WVU. Um, which means I just basically make sure freshmen aren't doing stupid stuff. Um, and so I, my, I work on Thursdays, um, every, every Thursday, and the group I'm a part of, Chi Alpha, the student ministry, they meet on Thursdays, which is unfortunate that it worked out like that, but it means I can't go to a lot of the large group meetings. I still am in a small group and stuff like that, but the Thursday service that they have I can't go to a lot of the times, um, and so, uh, like, coincidentally enough, this past Thursday, I didn't have any work, because it was the one week out of the whole semester that I don't have work, um, strangely enough. <laughs> um, and so, I went to the Chi Alpha large, the large group, that's what they call it, it's just church, like this, and the guy who was uh, speaking, uh, our, one of our leaders, Sean, he was talking about Jesus' disciples, um, and if you know anything about Jesus' disciples, they were um, basically high school dropouts, people that nobody liked, uh, people that couldn't control their anger and their emotions. One of them was like a trained killer, 
And then three of them, were not, they, they're only mentioned in name. Like they're nobodies. Nobody knows anything about them. And so he was preaching about this because he was um, saying that like whatever talent you have or whatever gift you have, whatever you're good at, if you give it to God, he will use it um, for you to do good. And so that's what he was preaching about last Thursday. And as you started to get more and more into it, I started to realize like, man, that's kind of like what I'm going through right now. I feel like I don't have anything to give um, to people about this stuff. And then he starts naming randomly, like, ran, I don't know, it, it was crazy, um, randomly naming people in the crowd and saying, like, like he, said, my friend, he said to my friend Evan, like, Evan, you're really good at hunting, and you love hunting. God can use that. And he was naming these people and naming what they're good at and their talents, and he was saying, like, God can use that. And then he looked at me. Um, and he said, he didn't name a talent, he just said, Ryan, if you think you don't have anything to give, you do. Which, I, the, I don't know how that, that, I asked him after the service, I was like, did somebody tell you that I was nervous because I'm preaching on Sunday? And he was like, I have no, I literally had no idea. And so he didn't know at all that I was going to be doing this. And yet he directly answered a prayer that I was praying. I made my struggle known to God, and he solved it. Because since that Thursday night service, I haven't had anxiety at all about coming up and preaching to you guys. So, um, yeah, if you, if you make your struggles known to God, he will solve them for you. And like I said earlier, it's not going to be when you want or how you want. It's going to be when and how God decides, and that's ultimately going to be the best plan for you. And so, speaking of plans, moving on to number two, my second point for how to try to get to this piece that makes no sense is to remember that God has a plan for every step of your life. Um, so, Looking back at the story with Paul and Silas, they were, not only were they praying, but they were also worshiping. And so, when thinking about worshiping and what that means, like, it, it raised a question for me of why were Paul and Silas worshiping? And then it brought another question of why do we worship? Why do we come in here on Sunday and sing songs before every service and at the end? Why do we do that? Well, I came to the conclusion that we do that because we know and we believe that God has all the power in our lives and that he will take care of us in any situation. And so what I'm basically saying is one of the reasons that we worship is because we know that God has a plan for us. And so Paul and Silas were worshiping because they knew that God would take care of them in any situation. They knew that he was going to get them out of it um, and that they were going to be okay no matter what was going to happen to them. And so the rest of that story um, is very powerful because that prayer and worship that Paul and Silas were doing, um, it directly led to them escaping prison because, if you don't know, the... Um, the prison walls around them, after they were praying and worshiping, the prison walls around them fell. Like the whole thing crumbled to the ground and they were able to get out of prison 
And then even um, the security guard, the prison guard that was watching them, supposed to be watching them super closely, he saw all this happen, and he was losing it. But then Paul and Silas come out of the prison, and they start telling him about Jesus, and he's like, well, I just, I just saw the walls fall down from your prayer, so... Like, and then he goes and gets his whole family, and they all get baptized. Um, so, but that's not, I, that story is very powerful, but what I want to focus on more is how in the world did Paul and Silas have that peace to be praying and worshiping instead of, you know, complaining and whining and crying because they were beaten and probably hungry and they were in prison, and they couldn't really move that well. Like, they were probably getting sore. Uh, endless things that happened to them. And yet, they still had the peace to pray and worship to God. And so, what I want to look at is how in the world, like, how did, how did they have that? And I didn't come up with this, um, this method, but it, w- it was taught to me this past summer during my internship. And it's like a, it's a four-step process. And the first one is uh, to pause. So whenever a, whenever a situation comes your way that might disturb the peace in your life, the first thing you should do is pause. Just pause and take a breath. And then pray. Make that struggle known to God, just as we had, had discussed earlier, if you make that struggle known to God, he'll take care of it. And so pray, make that struggle known to him, and then remember that God has a plan. So after you've prayed and made that struggle known, remember that God has a plan for your life and that he, he's going to get you through that situation and every other situation that comes to you after that. And so, and then the last step is to proceed. And so I, I, I didn't come up with this method myself. I learned it this past summer, and I learned it at the, towards the beginning, and I used it a lot because youth ministry is, is, very, is very crazy. And the, using this method in youth ministry, like, it got me through so many things, um, and like, for one story, for example, is at youth camp, my week started out getting sprayed by toilet water, um, and then by day three, I was sleep deprived, and then I was pretty much out of clean clothes by that point, too, so I didn't have anything, like, I didn't have anything to wear except for what I had on or I could reuse, which that just gets wild. Um, but the whole time I was using this plan of to pause, pray, and then proceed. And I started to realize that it was bringing a peace into my life that made absolutely no sense. Like I got sprayed with toilet water and that taste doesn't come out of your mouth for, for some time. And, and yet I was still peaceful. Like I was having so much fun the whole time we were there. Like nothing could change the peace that I had because I was trying to follow this method of pause, pray, remember God has a plan, and then proceed. And so, you know, th- those, those 
concepts of, of praying and remembering God has a plan, they might seem like elementary concepts that you've probably heard a million times in church, that you've heard at every church service ever, you know, pray, God has a plan for you, move on with your life. But I'm going to challenge you that the next time a situation comes your way where you, the peace is disturbed in your life, the next time that happens, use this. Pause, pray, remember God has a plan and proceed, and you'll start to see how, how much peace will come into your life from that because you're making those struggles known and you're realizing that God has a plan for you. Thank you so much for joining us today here at Southridge Church. You can always find us online on Facebook and Instagram at SRCWV. You can also find us on YouTube as well by searching Southridge Church. Here at Southridge Church, we are on a mission to be the perfect place for imperfect people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, impacting lives around the corner and around the world. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week.